0: Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Alan. This is...
1: Why are you doing this?
0: Because I open with the same cadence every single time. Why are
1: you doing this to me?
0: Every time I do it the same way, and when I edit it, it's like, oh, you idiot. Do it a different way. No, do
1: it the same way.
0: (sighs) Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Alan. This is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, one book at a time. Don't, ugh. I've been worried sick about you. <laughs> Sipping chippers on a beach right now. Uh, this month we're discussing book 11, which is really book 11 and book 12, basically. Mm-hmm. Book
1: 11A and book 11B. That's better, yeah. I yeah. don't
0: want to throw off the numbering. Uh, let me tell you what happens uh, in, in Reaper Man. The auditors of reality have decided that death has developed too much of a personality, so they retire him. He decides to experience life as a man called Bill Dorr. while elsewhere, seemingly in an entirely different book, sinister snow globes and shopping carts threaten the city.
1: Oh boy, I really loved one of these books, and I really, really hated the other one. The
0: There's maybe 20% of this book is the best Discworld book yet.
1: I mean, maybe twenty percent, fifteen to twenty percent.
0: Yeah, not much.
1: It's a short story,
0: but those bits are so disconnected from the rest of it. It's not like we're cherry picking. It's like really a separate book.
1: But they're so good. Like I
0: say, the best world book so far, probably.
1: But the parts that are not.
0: Yeah, which that is part most of it
1: is like there's a couple of good bits. It's not all bad, but it is. It's it's like it's written by a different author.
0: Yeah and the thing that we've been waiting for the thing we keep talking about mm-hmm. when it gets good is character driven stuff and and really getting to the core mm-hmm. of what it is to be human and being alive in the human condition and he's he's a real like i read a lot about how he's a, a humanist mm-hmm. about how there's like the belief in the the inherent goodness of people and all that sort of thing and
1: what people can be and what they're yes. capable of yes. and what what is evil and why do people act that way? Yeah,
0: and in this particular case, there's a there's a very good meditation on mm-hmm. mortality, which, oh, it's, it's a story so about death, good. so of course there is. But then, the rest of it goes back into that moving pictures mm-hmm. uh, uh, territory that we are not fans of, presumably people like, but we don't. Wrong
1: people. I
0: Let's not do that.
1: Mm. Let's
0: not tell people they're wrong for disagreeing with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can. Mm-hmm. I, I try not to in the Various review things that I do. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're they're just so different. I think everyone, even people who like that style, mm-hmm. could agree it's well, it doesn't fit.
1: We have read all these books mm-hmm. and we're reading them again now. And I can't think of another one that was so tonally different no, internally. No, this
0: is like there are definitely worse ones. Mm-hmm. But and we've read at least two ones that are worse than this. Oh, yeah. But none that are bad in this particular way which is two entirely almost completely unrelated Mm -hmm. stories sort of grafted together
1: now they're related in that the reason all the wizarding bullshit happens is because um death isn't around to take souls on to their next business right so there's too much life energy. Yeah,
0: we have, you know, that place that death makes an appearance Mm -hmm. in every book and that place that the soul is hanging out in before he takes them to wherever they're going. The white sand desert. Right. Yeah. I thought it was black Black sand? I don't know. I don't know, whatever. I think it appears different to different people as well because they go to different places. They go where they believe they're going.
1: But it's like a waiting room between this life and the next.
0: And he's not there to collect them as we've seen Mm -hmm. ten times so far.
1: And there is going to be a new death who sucks. Yeah. But, um... He's not there yet, right. so there's all this extra life energy, which presumably causes this other stuff to happen. But it doesn't but, make any but sense. Thematically, no. normally he he intertwines the the different plots together. Right. But these have nothing to do with each other. They don't even touch.
0: No. And uh, there's a lot of, like we said, a lot of that moving picture stuff. A lot of that. Oh, the like the actual uh-huh. world like, oh, corporate life is mundane and Hollywood is aren't L.A. people fake. And, you know,
1: that's actually my bad thing. OK. um, Banality being evil can be handled well, but I haven't seen Terry Pratchett do it well yet. Uh-huh. This is just office jobs are hell again, which we saw in Eric, like the yeah, the, the demon king's a middle manager. Right. Where you don't have to be evil to work here, but it helps. Yeah. Wah, wah. Except this time, shopping malls are hell.
0: Yeah, and the, the, the big climax, the big mm-hmm. like facing the xenomorph scene mm-hmm. at the end of Alien is in a, a proto-mall. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And like, listen, I don't love being pressed in with a bunch of strangers and sweatily trying on clothes and shoes in a bright room either, man. But you got to make a compelling argument for me to believe it's hell. There's
0: like, there was so much satire when mm-hmm. I was growing up, seventies, eighties, early nineties, that talked about corporate stuff mm-hmm. being bad and and office jobs yep. being bad, all of this stuff. And so much of it didn't really make a case. It just sort of took it as read that yeah. you understood why malls were bad and. As a kid, I didn't, and you didn't convince me of anything because I didn't understand why, and I get it now because the world is way more like that. Like, yeah. what they were warning us against has happened. It, it Here we are. But so many books and movies and TV shows and comics did not make that point enough that I understood what they no, meant. No, they just
1: said it was bad because we yeah. said so.
0: And the wizards ending up in a mall mm-hmm. and saying, well, this place is evil. That doesn't really tell me what, like snow globes and and shopping Mm -hmm. carts like it didn't feel evil it just felt like a thing that was happening
1: and there are writers who can take something really mundane and turn it into something scary or something to worry sure. about. Like there's some Stephen King stuff, especially his short stories, where he'll take something that is just super normal and make it into something scary. Yeah. I think it was a Stephen King uh, short story where, you know, the little um, tracers you see over your eyes that is like gunk
0: uh-huh.
1: getting on the lens of your eyes. That is the evil, scary thing. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. That is evil and scary.
0: I mean, I was kind of scared of that as a kid because I didn't know what it was and I didn't know that anyone else saw it. So that's a good thing to write a story about. Yeah, it was
1: really, really good. So you can do something like that. But I haven't seen Terry Pratchett show any skill at that.
0: No, and it's always, like I said, it's always that sort of standard Mm -hmm. issue. Like we're in, I think, Mm 1991-ish for this book. And there were so many things doing this riff. And it's like, it can be done interestingly. But it's not. It's... These snow globes. Oh, everyone's got one, and they're so boring. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Shopping carts. Boy, they get everywhere. The shopping cart stuff felt really like someone got high and noticed a shopping cart and said, what if that was the larval stage for a city, man? And What?
1: not exactly a bad idea.
0: No, but it doesn't fit anything he's ever done before or will do since or the rest of the book. It just felt so far out of everything
1: yeah and he didn't do it especially well and the thing is to sell me on the idea of a parasite city is not hard i love parasite cities and i love the idea of things growing to like living organic things growing to mimic like manufactured things i I think that can be i think that can be really spooky and i think it can be really interesting like i like those tropes Mm -hmm. but it was just done so badly here
0: yeah and to be clear All he writes are tropes. Like That's that's his stock in trade is weaving together familiar things in new and interesting ways. We're not complaining that it's something we've seen before. We're complaining that he didn't do it interestingly.
1: He didn't bring anything to it and he didn't give me a a, a new insight into something. Because that's what he's so good at is he makes me look at something that I've read a hundred times and go, oh yeah,
0: that thing. Right, and there's almost nothing original Mm -mm. about Harry Pratchett. That's not what we come here for. That's fine.
1: His insight into what already is. Yeah.
0: And especially when you're dealing with something like fantasy, which is just built on like reconfiguring Mm -hmm. the same elements over and over and over again, just like sci fi, Mm -hmm. just like horror, just like most genres. Yeah. Like you do it in a way that that either tells a kind of story that hasn't been told before or but you're still using the same pieces. You're still using the same Legos to build different things.
1: Or you're telling a story about the story.
0: Right. Now, he does a lot of that, especially with the witches, mm-hmm. I think. But so we're not complaining that it's not original. I want to be clear about that because it feels like what we're saying is, well, we've seen this before. No, we've seen all of it before.
1: And I'm not like, I mean, originality. It, first off, The Simpsons did it. Like, yeah. fucking, it's hard to come up yeah. with some new great idea. And that doesn't necessarily you don't necessarily have to do that to tell a good no, story. No, and he doesn't. No. Like
0: what he does is mix it up in in new and interesting ways. Mm-hmm. But the point is, w- just like with moving pictures, just like with the stuff in mm-hmm. Eric, we're not complaining that it's not original enough that we've seen these jokes before. It's just that they're not done in a way that's interesting. It's
1: not compelling, right? And it's not funny.
0: And we know he's capable of that, especially at this point in the series. Mm-hmm. We know. It. I mean, the other half of the book, well, half the, the other, other portion of yeah. the book is oh, so, so good. Which we'll get to, but okay, so there's really three things There's
1: three stories going on here. Two of them intersect and have something to do with each other.
0: One of them is tangentially related, but not really at all. So you got Wendell Poons who was ha-ha old man in the previous book. Ha-ha
1: horny old man in the previous book. Right, and
0: I thought, oh boy, more of the same. Mm -hmm. But thankfully sidestepped that Uh, because he dies, and as discussed, Mm -hmm. uh, nobody comes for Mm -hmm. him. And being a wizard, he's strong enough to go back to his own body.
1: And he just goes back to his own body because he's like, well, this is my house, I guess.
0: Yeah. And he, because he was a spirit for Mm -hmm. a while, he doesn't have all of that. Like, like uh, Terry, I don't know if he's made the joke yet, but glands. Mm -hmm. Like, all the stuff that makes you scared and all the stuff that made you forget and all the stuff that makes you weak. But
1: he's also completely in control of his body. Right. Because his force of will is what's running his body. But so that's what I'm saying. So he fixes his eyes. Yeah, he
0: was distilled down to his essence, which is not a forgetful mm-hmm. old man, but the, the real person, and then put back into his body with the ability to fix it. So he's not really old anymore.
1: And there's some interesting stuff about Wendell Poon's, about yeah. using... Um, your willpower to its fullest extent and just dis- and again yeah distilling your yeah. personality down to what's truly there because not the baggage that you keep no, the clomping on top of it the
0: spirits that we meet in all the death scenes in every book are what the person is mm-hmm. like not what they were at the end of their mm-hmm. life necessarily but what you know the, the sort of the sum total the best version of them
1: yeah and there's some actually some Pretty not bad comedy bits where the wizards decide to try and exercise Wendell, right? And Wendell's into it; like he thinks yeah, he's that that's got, he's the right thing to He's 150
0: years old; it's time to be dead.
1: And he believes in reincarnation, so he's excited to start get his on to next the next thing. thing.
0: <laughs> and he actually says he wants to come back as a woman. And I was waiting for some like yeah. horrible joke about, and there wasn't. He just wanted to be a woman. Yeah. The end.
1: He wanted to try something different. And
0: that was kind of cool. Yeah. That was all right.
1: Um, and so, but the wizards, they. They take something from Offler the Crocodile God and they they try and like like a crucifix would be and mm-hmm. they try and banish him that way and they try holy water and this and that and the other and that culminates in what's actually a pretty good comedy scene and like this could have been one of the comedy scenes. but There it, weren't it, a ton it, of
0: those in this. But it, it wasn't. It right. was
1: genuinely really funny. They decide because Wendell Poons is a powerful wizard they need to bury him under the most crossroads-ass crossroads that they can find. Mm-hmm. So they go into the ankh the bus- busiest city on the disc, and they bury him in the busiest crossroads, which causes a huge traffic backup. Yeah,
0: and we get a nice cameo from uh, Sergeant Colin mm-hmm. from from the guards book, and, and he'll show up again in the other guards books, uh, whose job is to guard the brass bridge.
1: Yeah, because he's like, well, someone might try and steal it, and it keeps him out of trouble.
0: Yeah, and that that's his excuse for not doing anything. Yeah. And suddenly he's pulled into all this, where wizards like, sort of mm-hmm. pull their way in and like, well, I'm not going to tell them not to do this. Then... What am
1: I going to get turned into a frog? So
0: the fact that he's there doesn't stop it from yep. happening. He just has to helplessly watch it.
1: And he sees them digging up the crossroads, and his first thought is they're stealing it, like so much Carmen Sandiego.
0: Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. That's not a bad bit. And and the Wendell stuff's not bad. He seeks out... Um, um what is it, a medium bordering on the small or something like that? Yeah. The dumb joke that he makes like ten times. Yep. Uh named Mrs. Cake and she's pretty okay. She's
1: okay. She has there's some bits about her I enjoy, there's some bits about her I don't. Uh but later on she becomes sort of a punchline to like scary old lady. Yeah. Like don't mess with Mrs. Cake, she's a scary old lady. Is
0: this the first I mean, not counting Granny who's mm-hmm. a whole category on yeah. her own. Is this the first appearance of Terry Pratchett's uh powerful In, old lady who runs everything?
1: Yes, indomitable old lady. Yes, I believe so. There's
0: a lot of those. And the witches don't count.
1: No, I love his indomitable old No, that ladies. is that is a
0: character type that he comes back to repeatedly and each one of them's just a little mm-hmm. different so it doesn't feel like oh this again. Mm-hmm. And it's always great and what she does, she insinuates herself into she's done this to every major church. Every church. Like uh, f- first she starts, I don't know, like, uh, running the bake sale, mm-hmm. and then she starts running the Sunday school, and mm-hmm. it comes to the point where she is completely indispensable, and then she just leaves them, like, like,
1: And she leaves them because they say it's bad for her to look into the future, and it's bad for her daughter, Ludmilla, to be half a werewolf. Right. Um, and so they actually, uh, they, Terry Pratchett, the one human, uh-huh. um, uh, does a joke where Mustram Ridcully is talking to the head priest of Blind Io, which is like their main, right. most powerful Weirdly,
0: god. he should be named Ridcully, which was established in a previous book, yeah. and their brothers, which will be like... Which this, is
1: actually a pretty funny bit yeah. later on. One of them
0: became a wizard and one of them became a priest, yeah. which is th- that you can do some stuff with that. And but, there
1: was some pretty good s- banter yeah. between the two of them. Like, how, how are you enjoying... Yeah, like. Are Being are you, an
0: abomination it, against the Lord. Yeah. Well, how are you? How are you? Uh, how are
1: you enjoying making people ignorant? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then they just go off and hang out. But yeah. But uh, the uh, the the high priest says to Riddick, "You know how you have the things from the, the dungeon dimension you have to worry uh-huh. about? Well, we have Mrs. Cake.
0: Yeah. It's very good. And there's some tedious jokes about her seeing into the future and answering yeah. every, like saying the thing they're gonna say first and. It's funny the first time, but it comes up like five times. Too and it's many like, times. All, all right, enough. enough. Yeah, um, but through her, we meet a bunch of varying uh, shades of undead people. Yep, and they're the some of them are all right.
1: If this was the undead guys and the death stuff,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: book would have been okay. Yeah, um, because but the undead well, guys. Well, we'll get to yeah, yeah we'll The undead to... guys were pretty good. Like, there's
0: it's not enough to carry a book on its own, but it's no. not bad. And um. So, yeah, you mentioned Ludmilla, her, her daughter, who's a werewolf. Yep. There's there's a, a half reverse werewolf mm-hmm. who is a wolf most mm-hmm. of the time and turns into a wolfman for one week out of the month.
1: Which is real. There's actually kind of a cute subplot where. Um, yeah. Wendell's basically yeah. trying to
0: hook them up. Mm-hmm. And there's we watched a bunch of old movies. Uh, we've mentioned this before uh, last year, like a lot of uh, screwball comedies and stuff like that. And Every
1: movie from 1938.
0: Yeah. And there's uh, a particular type of uh, older character, usually played by Charles Coburn, but not always. Sometimes, Charles Coburn, sometimes he talks like this. Sometimes it's a lady yeah, uh, who wants the young lovers to get together. And Just because he loves love. They love love. Aww. And it felt like that. It felt like, well, I, I think these two would be happy mm-hmm. to together. And it's very sweet. Um,
1: Those two characters, there's not much to them. No. The, the werewolf But guys, I like the idea yeah. of a
0: reverse werewolf. And then like a couple mm-hmm. that. I mean, you know, when... We first started dating. We only saw each other about one week out of the month, too. It's, it's true, rough, and I
1: was—I'm you know. <laughs> a night owl, and you get up really early in the morning. Yeah. So we did that classic fairy tale thing where we, <laughs> yes. where we met in the middle.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, and that's not too bad. And then we meet uh, Red Shoe, who's sort of a an undead uh, activist. Yep.
1: Who's fighting for undead rights, and he comes up again uh, later in the series. Yeah, we'll the... get like his
0: secret origin a few books. And from I now, really cool. like his secret origin. Yeah, it's good. And I thought there were going to be some jokes at the expense Mm -hmm. of varying uh, uh, causes, Mm -hmm. and there weren't actually. There were references to them, but they were pretty respectful. Yeah, like
1: he wears a uh, badge that says um, "Glad to be Gray" Mm -hmm. instead of "Glad" because he's a zombie. Yeah, Uh, instead of "Glad to be Gay," and it's just kind of funny. It's not mean.
0: No, and there's a boogeyman that Mm -hmm. comes out of the closet Mm -hmm. at some point, and these aren't those. Like, elbowing you in the rib mm-hmm. jokes, like, in moving pictures. These are fairly subtle if you don't get it. You just don't get it, and it's enjoyable on its own. But,
1: yeah, it's still funny. Like, yeah. glad to be gray is still kind of funny. It's
0: alliterative, and you yeah. get it, but it's funnier if you get the reference. Yeah. And it doesn't say, like, gay, huh? In a different yeah. world, it might be, but that's, that, you
1: know. We didn't, ha- we didn't do the elbow poking.
0: Right. And, again, like, the coming out of the closet, there were a few things like that. There were a few things... Referencing like actual um, movements mm-hmm. to get rights for women and uh, various marginalized yep. groups, and I thought it was going to be making fun of that stuff, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, was just nice. kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Reg. Uh, th- Occasionally, he comes off as a bit of a sad sack, mm-hmm. a bit of a trying, trying so hard to get people yeah. together and nobody wants to work with him. But that's not the same thing.
1: No, he's just a try hard. Yeah, and I mean, as the person who is usually trying to get everyone together to go do something.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I
1: kind of feel it, Reg. I kind of feel it. <laughs>
0: but the revolutionary who is trying to get people to rise up and nobody cares. Yeah, nobody's into it. Could yeah. could be a dig. I I kind of read it as a dig into like stop it. Nobody wants that. But it's not that. It's not. It's a. They should want it, and he's the only one who cares.
1: Mm-hmm. And be- we, I very much felt like I was on Reg's side. Like yeah. everything he wanted, the I Reg was like, aside. I was on Reg's side. Uh-huh. Um, because the things he wanted for the most part, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. These guys should be treated better. This sucks.
0: Yeah. No. And and he was all right. There was, but then there were some people who weren't great. The vi- the vampires, uh, count, yeah, count not far out. ho. uh huh, not great and. And his horrible wife, which was very much the sort of horrible wife.
1: Mm-hmm, which was not not particularly funny and didn't really have anything interesting to say about that. No,
0: she's a vampire by marriage mm-hmm. and she's sort of browbeating him mm-hmm. into doing all the vampire-y things. Okay, whatever. Do you get it? Also, this character basically comes up again in another book. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It's not even the same one, but he likes this idea so much. Yeah. And he's got some interesting vampires. I think vampires are dumb, personally. I but love
1: vampires. I know you
0: do. But I do not. And he still manages to keep me interested because he does. Some There's interesting some good things vampire stuff later on. This is not that. No, this is not that at all. Yeah, but he he brings something interesting to the table in later books with vampires. My absolute favorite Discworld mm-hmm. book. One of the one of the conflicts I like in it so much involves a vampire. So when we get there, you'll you'll see. But uh, for now, it's just a dumb a bunch of dumb jokes mm-hmm. about uh, a lower middle class guy trying to make it in a, in a world where you're supposed to be rich. Yeah. Which should be funny. Honestly,
1: that's pretty funny. Like the idea
0: of, um, well, yeah. Cause Dracula and all the, the sort of standard vampire stuff yeah. sort of implies like you have a, your account. So you have a castle and you can dress nice and you can lure young, pretty people into your castle. And when you're a fruit seller, you who's, don't,
1: who's doing all right. Yeah.
0: Like... But he's not,
1: He can't get any of that
0: stuff. All of the standard trappings of the vampire sort of involve being nobility, being rich.
1: And I have actually read some good short stories, like comedic short stories about that idea. Yeah. Like- about a poor about a or or just like a middle class vampire who has to try and keep up appearances yeah because that you can say some interesting stuff there about class and expectations yeah like you can there's some good satire to be had there
0: yeah but this was just sort of that standard like wife wants you to be more like the joneses yeah that wasn't
1: that wasn't particularly funny no
0: and that that pretty much covers that plot i think unless there's more to add to the mrs cake and the undead people and all that stuff
1: no, I think that's uh,
0: so the, that's pretty much it. The yeah. thing that happened, and I always say this when I when I don't like a thing. Mm-hmm. the thing that happened to me the most, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. why is this book still happening mm-hmm. to me is is what I would say at these bits. Yes, to me personally, not you, but me.
1: No. We were we, this one, we didn't listen to it on one and a half speed. No. Uh, but what we did do was played some mindless dungeon crawl games.
0: Yeah, I I play Mario Maker, which is just random Mario levels mm-hmm. that I don't have to think too much about while I'm audio booking. And you play. I was uh, playing Darkest Dungeons. Right, just stuff that yeah keeps our hands occupied, but not really our brains.
1: Yeah, and all of these wizard bits, I it it was hard to tune in.
0: Well, and this is my bad thing. The wizards are boring. They don't get names most of them, mm-hmm. and I know this doesn't bother you. What bothers me is. What he's basically saying is you don't need to get to know any of these guys. They're, they don't even have names.
1: And I think the name thing is a reference to English schools and how uh,
0: how you address people there. But Mustram Ridcully is the arch chancellor. Mm-hmm. He has a name and a title. You can do both.
1: And he didn't really bring it in this, uh, in no, this book. No, he went
0: out of his way to describe the new Chancellor mm-hmm. in the previous book and what his deal was. And, and I don't care for it, but you do.
1: I love his whole deal, yeah. his whole Brian Blessed thing. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm really into it. Yeah. But he barely showed up in this book at all. Well,
0: he was there. He was but, physically there. But the there. character as described didn't show up.
1: No, he's just part of the whole harumph cloud of the wizards.
0: But we get a bunch of this in later books as well. This is the sort of quintessential example of why I don't like them. Because mm-hmm. none of them have names. None of them really have personalities. Mm-hmm. One of them runs this gets it in his head that he's an action hero and says yo about eighty thousand. Oh films. god, that that's is his, deeply unfair. That's his whole character. Yo. That that's it. Now you mm-hmm. know that guy and everything he's about. Mm-hmm. All his hopes and dreams. <laughs> yo. It's it's just it's all they do is run from place to place mm-hmm. and and not do things Mm -hmm. they don't seem to teach classes they barely seem to do magic Mm -hmm. and this they do it to defend themselves but that's it i just don't get the point of the wizards like We've heard that the witches and the wizards are two sides of the same, like magical coin. Mm -hmm. And we get the witches, they hardly ever do magic, but when they do, it's important. And
1: Granny gets power from the act of not doing magic. Like the tension between being able to do magic and not do magic gains her power. Oh, and
0: people only need to see her do it once. Yeah. And then she can, like, trade on that for the rest of her damn life. Right. And one of the main lessons that Esk learned in uh, Equal Rights was you have to know when not to do mm-hmm. magic and that's fine. You don't, I don't need a bunch of showy like plot short circuiting bullshit. Like I don't want magic to make the plot move. I just, if you're wizards, what's the point of you?
1: And there's some good stuff in this about how the wizards fit into the infrastructure of the city. Yes. That stuff is good. Yeah. Um, there's
0: some good narrative stuff about how it all works. And
1: so I, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about Ridcully, and one of the things I do like about them is he does do magic. He does magic all the fucking time. I guess um because he's he just sort of does his own thing. Um and later on we get some more wizard characters. Um there's a necromancer that I like. Uh, then we and we get Ponder Stibbons who I never really cared for and that starts talking about a, a different type of magic like the more quantum kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you science, get the particle yeah. collider kind of and, stuff. That kind of feels more like the other side of the coin kind of thing. Like you've got the witches doing
0: I guess honestly, if you just took the wizards out of everything, mm-hmm. I would be happy. They're just never interesting. To
1: I me. would be willing to like I like Ridcully, but mm-hmm. I, I don't like him enough to justify Yeah. This whole thing. I
0: like the librarian. That is that is mm-hmm. pretty much it. The university otherwise is boring to me.
1: The narrator's ook. Yes. has improved dramatically.
0: Yes. Mindful Planer is t- very yeah. on point with his Ooks
1: Yeah, now. the Ooks are very good in this one. Yes. But talking about the um, the infrastructure and how uh, the wizards sort of fit into the city. Yes, uh, there's some very good stuff. There's there. some really good stuff.
0: We don't there. really get an appearance uh, by um, uh, Vetinari. I think he might show up for mm-hmm. a minute, but uh, we, we get sort of descriptions of how he runs the city and how it all works and... Uh, I love the bit about taxes. Do you have mm-hmm. that one handy?
1: I do have that part handy. Okay. The patrician said... Uh, the wizard said that as followers of light and wisdom, they, know, they owed no allegiance to mortal man. The patrician said that might well be true, but they also owed a, the city a tax of $200 per head per annum, payable quarterly. The wizard said that the university stood on magical ground and was therefore exempt from taxation. And anyways, you couldn't put a tax on knowledge. The patrician said... You could. It was $200 per capita, and if per capita was a problem, decapita could be arranged.
0: Yeah, that's our that's our uh, pun or play on words. Also, that doesn't deserve the wop-womp. Oh, uh, that I was a very it. good pun. I
1: love it. Yeah,
0: well, you said it in that, like, hacky, like, yeah. That's
1: how I say all the puns.
0: Nah, I liked that one.
1: I fucking loved it. It's really good.
0: Yeah, and uh, um, Vetinari is enough of a force now Mm -hmm. that he doesn't have to appear in the story all you need is that and it's like oh yeah that guy and that's sort of the punchline to that bit is uh uh, to save face the wizards don't pay taxes they make a donation of two hundred dollars per capita per annum Mm -hmm. you know quarterly to to the city yeah Yeah. which was quite good they
1: don't have to pay taxes
0: they just make a donation in exactly the same amount
1: of of their own free will yeah
0: no, I like that. It was very but, good. But all the rest of the stuff of them running around mm-hmm. and reacting, which is literally most of the book. That's probably 50%.
1: It's so much.
0: And every time we'd, we'd be in that other plot that mm-hmm. we liked, we'd always come back to this. And it's like, this is so tedious. And
1: like we would hear, and then the shopping cart. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: and not, not great.
1: Fuck the shopping cart, though, for real.
0: Yeah, not interesting.
1: There was a a bit I was reading through L Space and there was a bit that said, if you liked the idea of the trolley life forms, you may also want to check out a short story called Or All the Sea with Oysters. It's all about uh, cycle of the life cycles of bicycles and their larval stages, paperclips and coat hangers. I did not like this and will not be looking up that short story.
0: I think it might be a better idea in someone else's hands. It did not fit in this book at all
1: nope not one tiny bit yeah
0: no it was it was tedious and terrible the only good joke about mm-hmm. the shopping carts that i liked was at one point they're trying to escape the mm-hmm. evil mall and uh they they uh, threw the weakest wizard at mm-hmm. the bottom and there was a joke about you know in the in the grand tradition mm-hmm. of shopping carts you throw the most fragile stuff at the bottom mm-hmm. and that was kind of a funny That's all right that was it though Otherwise, like, ugh, I don't care about the dean or the, the, the lecturer in recent runes. Or, like, they don't have Senior names. Senior Wrangler. They're just, uh, that means nothing to me. It's just, like, words. So is there anything else about the wizards before we get to the good part of the book?
1: They sucked and I hated them?
0: I Any mean, more things than, than we've already said.
1: No, just they sucked and I hated them. Yeah,
0: I mean, same. But the best part of the book, by far.
1: Oh, my God, I love this part so much much. Like
0: I said, this portion of the book if it had just been released mm-hmm. as a short story would in the reading order we've taken would be the best discworld book so far. So far. Yeah. We
1: were sort of t- we were talking about it and we were saying, well this is clearly two books. You've got yeah. Reaper, which mm-hmm. is the good book and Man, which is a shitty book.
0: Right, exactly. And Reaper is an excellent book and there's so much good stuff.
1: Oh, there's so much good it's, stuff. It's I loved it.
0: Death decides to take some time Mm -hmm. and become a human and learn what it means to be human
1: he doesn't decide it's given to him as like a retirement gift right the auditors say you're not going to be death anymore there's going to be a new death but here's a lifetimer so you can go live like one of these idiots yeah if you like humans so much go be a human right why don't you marry one
0: and so he does and he goes uh to a village and he presents himself to uh, a woman who has a like a help wanted Mm -hmm. sign up uh, and he knocks on her door.
1: And this is my actual, This is my quote. It's mm-hmm. very good. It's him coming up with his phony name. Mm-hmm. Um, my name's Mrs. F- Miss Flitworth. Yes, she waited. I expect you have a name too. She prompted. Yes, that's right. She waited again. Well, I'm sorry. What is your name? The stranger stared at her for a moment and then looked around wildly. Come on, said Miss Flitworth. "'I ain't employing no one without no name, Mr.' "'The figure stared upward. "'Mr. Sky?' "'No one's called Mr. Sky.' "'Mr. Door?' "'She nodded. "'Could be. Could be Mr. Door. "'There was a chap called Doors I once knew. "'Yeah, Mr. Door. "'And what's your first name? "'Don't tell me you haven't got one of those too. you "'You've got to be a Bill or a Tom or a Bruce "'or one of those names.' "'Yes.' "'What?' "'One of those.' "'Which one?' uh the first one you're a bill yes miss flitworth rolled her eyes all right bill's guy she said door yeah sorry all right bill door
0: and from that point forward he's good old bill door
1: good old bill door yep
0: and he uh does his best to to sort of fit in Mm -hmm. with the villagers
1: and he does a good job at it
0: he does at first he realizes oh uh i'm too perfect at mm-hmm. all of these things if i'm terrible at things people will love me yeah
1: so he's bad at darts and he's bad at
0: games yeah. and everything yeah all of the, the stuff he takes the the alcohol the, the mm-hmm. too strong alcohol they give him fully mm-hmm. knowing that it's a joke but it's what you do exactly and, and
1: no one can see that he's a skeleton. except they, one child except one little goal
0: right which is very good
1: and she goes up to him and, and says like Just pokes holes yeah. in the whole thing skeleton
0: how do your bones not fall apart and yeah that stuff. It's, it's so good yeah, it is and um all of that is great and I kind of it surprised me at mm-hmm. first because there's been so much and good effective mm-hmm. comedy in previous books about how death doesn't really understand bits about mm-hmm. humans I don't know why they do this and why but he seems to get it now and I like that that the, the book isn't wasted on him no he to understands
1: it, out. it and honestly that's probably part of the reason he was retired yeah. is because he does get it too much now he's been he's spent his whole time studying humans right. and you could tell his interest in the other books yeah like he might not have got all the things but he was very interested in what humans do and what they're about right
0: no and and just all of it was so good and and my good thing yeah, talk about your good thing is his hyper awareness of his own mortality of <sighs> the sand going through the hourglass of the ticking clocks in Ms. Flipper's house.
1: He actually goes around and is turning the clocks off. Yes, stopping the pendulums because
0: the ticking is driving him mad. They
1: they drive him nuts. And he asks her what time it is. And she's like, well, I don't know because you've been turning all my clocks off.
0: Yeah, and he just, he can't stand to, to, Mm -hmm. you know, contemplate the fact like, and uh, this is my quote. um, And this is so quintessentially Terry Mm -hmm. Pratchett to me. This is so... What we've been waiting for, all this, all the, 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 stuff, uh, this is, this is where he ends up, uh, having to give up his life near the end of it. Well, it had been an experience, and he had to admit, one that he didn't want to relive. He felt as though a huge weight had been removed. What was it? uh, was that what it was like to really be alive? The feeling of darkness dragging you forward? How could they live with it? And yet they did, and even seemed to find enjoyment in it, when surely the only sensible course would be to despair. Amazing. To feel you were a tiny living thing sandwiched between two cliffs of darkness. How could they stand to be alive? Obviously, it was something you had to be born to.
1: So good.
0: And he wonders just how humans can, mm-hmm. like, knowing that you're going to die and knowing not not knowing when you're going to die. How can you just? How can you? How can function you get like on that? with life? Yeah. yeah, and it's all very much the story of him realizing, oh, all these souls I take away have mm-hmm. to live with this horrible, like, suffering.
1: And he always had interest in humans, but this is where he really gains his compassion towards humans.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and he ends up having to rescue uh, the little girl.
1: Yeah, and despite his, like, he's been obsessed with the time slipping away. He falls asleep, mm-hmm. and he realizes- Oh, that was so good. This time was stolen from me. Me
0: too. Like, that's eight mm-hmm. hours I'm not doing something. Mm-hmm. Sleep is bullshit.
1: And- He was kind of looking forward to the experience because he thought he was going to dream, but he didn't get to enjoy it. It was just something that happened. Yep. And so despite all of that, the little girl gets trapped in a house fire and he doesn't want her to die. So he gives her the gift of his time that he's been hoarding and obsessing and worrying about it Mm -hmm. because he's a hero. Right. And he gives her the time and then decides he's going to fight the new death for her mm-hmm. the same way people have tried to fight him and no one ever succeeded in the past
0: right there's there's a cute bit about how people always want to play games and there was mm-hmm. a, an allusion to the fact that someone had tried to play Monopoly and that was a, that was pretty funny that actually. was that was pretty funny yeah that was yeah. good
1: and oh and he's oh he's so good
0: yeah and the the new death is all oh, about the sucks. drama oh he sucks which the I new love death. yes the, all the drama he's got to pose against the lightning mm-hmm. and he's got to come for death at midnight
1: midnight and, and all that stuff. Death just rolls his not eyes and yeah. says, "Drama."
0: Yeah. No, it's all very good, but the cornerstone of all of mm-hmm. this—the the what makes it like this—is all fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the best part is his relationship with with uh, Miss Flitworth,
1: and it is sort of a love story.
0: It culminates as a love story. It doesn't really play out that way for the most of it, though.
1: She is um a very sad character, and yeah. in a in a wonderful bittersweet way that Terry Pratchett writes characters. Well,
0: she was going to get married, mm-hmm. and then her young man either died or skipped town. We don't know. She it's, doesn't know.
1: It's meant to be ambiguous. Yeah,
0: that's fine. I, I don't mean it's a mystery. Yeah. I just mean we don't know. We don't
1: know, and we'll never know.
0: That's fine. Um, But uh, that this is, I think, the first mm-hmm. appearance of one of my absolute favorite things mm-hmm. he does, which is the pragmatic, mm-hmm. someone who realizes what's going on and says, like this was Terry Pratchett's own reaction when he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this is terrible. Oh, well, time to get on with the work right which there's there's a passage where it says, like she could sit around for the next thirty years in her wedding dress, or she could get on with the harvest because mm-hmm. she'd run into damn farm. Mm-hmm. and that's that's what that's a Terry Pratchett character in a nutshell right there. Of course, she's sad. She's not not sad. But you can't waste your life being sad. You gotta yeah, get on with it. You can be two things. Yeah. And I have gained so much strength and inspiration mm-hmm. in my life from characters like that. It's it's such a good way to be. Like, okay, why are you just sitting there being sad? Get get on. What you you're here to do something, right? Do that thing. Do the thing. Yeah.
1: Oh, and she's she's so wonderful. Yes.
0: And but she's so down to earth mm-hmm. and pragmatic and, and she never really has had a moment in her life where she can truly enjoy herself. Like
1: a special moment. She never got her grand love story. Right. And she gives up some of her time to help death. Right. Uh, like defeat new death. And as sort of. Part of it's a reward for her doing that. And there's part a of lot. It, part of it is because he does sort of fall for her in a way. And part of it is this is how the story goes. And like, he
0: believes she deserves this. Yes. Like in addition to for, because of helping him mm-hmm. also because she was cheated out of it the first mm-hmm. time and all of that.
1: And so there's a lot. It's not. It's kind of a love story, but there's a lot going on there.
0: They're not exactly in love, but he feels like she should be treated like they are.
1: Exactly. So, but it's
0: not like in the next book when Death shows up, you'd be like, "Where's Death's girlfriend?" No, no that's not. It's it. not like that. It's no,
1: but it is a. Ro- it's a type of romance, but it's meant to be a romance of one magical night. Right. And that one magical night is my As, good thing. Right. And it's oh, it's so good
0: yes it He is. goes
1: completely overboard because death does like he he reads up on what love is and what you should do yeah. and we get a mention of uh casananda the world's second greatest lover
0: which i i think is not done justice here because yeah. he will show up as an actual character mm-hmm. i think in the next yeah which book and it's so much better when you meet him yep. instead of just hearing about him in passing
1: but uh so he reads up on this and he goes completely overboard he buys her every flower yes and he buys her the most fanciest of fandancy chocolates mm-hmm. and then he gets her the biggest best diamond in the world
0: which is in the temple of aflo the crocodile god in the uh, darkest Huandeland, land mm-hmm. and guarded by all these booby traps mm-hmm. and and, it's, and it's, two monks well it's this great sequence where the two monks are listening to the traps and there's some mm-hmm some good jokes about like indiana jones well the chap with the whip got past the first mm-hmm. trap but uh, the second one usually gets them and after he springs like five of them they look at each other in horror and say you don't think it's mrs cake do you
1: <laughs> which was so good that isn't that is how
0: you set it up and pay it off oh it was so good because i'd almost forgotten about mm-hmm. her at that point at least in that capacity mm-hmm. and um and yeah then he, he steals the uh steals the diamond because he wants to give it to his lady
1: Oh, and there's a really good bit where he's talking to a diamond merchant because he hears that diamonds are a girl's best friend. Oh, yeah.
0: Is this diamond friendly?
1: And the diamond merchant's like, uh, I don't know. It's shiny.
0: We don't really pick them based on friendliness.
1: And so he explains about the biggest diamond in the world Uh to Death, and then Death asks him, is that friendly? And he says, well, I don't know about friendly, but that diamond I'd go to bed with. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yep. So he... Brings her all this stuff, and he says, Miss Flitworth, I want to show you anything you want to see. Like, yep. anything you want to do, let me show you the wonders of the world. But because she's a very grounded character, what she asks him to do is take her to this local dance.
0: Yeah, it's like the the, the Morris dance for the spring or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: And so he takes her to that, and he bribes the musicians to keep playing, and then she threatens the musicians to keep playing, so they they dance all night. Yep, and there's every a, kind of dance Every there kind is. of dance, and there's kind of a good bit about death knowing how to dance. And it's sort of a, uh, a dual meaning because there's the uh, mask at the red death where death goes to a party. Yeah, and then there's one. dancing with death, the expression, like, you know,
0: according to L space, da- dancing with death is the same as challenging him to a game. Like you yeah. can also do a dance off, which I guess is like a fiddle contest with the devil yeah. or whatever. Like, so there,
1: there's a lot of death dancing stuff. Yeah. So he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. And, Oh, it's just—it's a really sweet sequence, and I loved it.
0: And it's a little bittersweet too, because she's actually dead at this point. Mm-hmm. He says, like, he—she knows she gets a glimpse at her lifetime, mm-hmm. or she knows she doesn't have much time left. Mm-hmm. And what happens is he comes, comes a courtin' mm-hmm. and basically she gives him, a, or he gives her a start, mm-hmm. and that's when she drops dead. Right. And all of the rest of this is happening on sort of the borrowed time. Yeah. Which makes it even better because because she's dead. Like with Wendell, she can be the best version of herself. She can dance. She's not eighty years old or however old she is. She's, she's
1: she's as young as she feels. Right. And, and he says that has... and
0: she she kinda shrugs it off like that's that's a Shut stupid up, thing. Shut up, idiot. Yeah. yeah. That's a stupid thing that, that stupid people say. I'm I'm I am i am i am old because I feel old because mm-hmm. I am old. And he's trying to say without saying you're dead mm-hmm. that no. Listen, you're only liter- literally, I'm telling you, you're really, only as yeah. old as you feel right now.
1: And she has complete control over her body, so again, yeah, they can dance right. all night. And it's
0: nice that that concept was set up so that you get, oh, that's why she can do that, even though she's a very old lady.
1: This whole section, the reaper part of the book, yes, is everything I love about Terry Pratchett.
0: There's that fundamental like humanism mm-hmm. and decency and mm-hmm. pragmatism and also a little bit of sadness, mm-hmm. and it's all all that perfect combination, and it's still funny.
1: It's still funny, and- there are themes that keep that keep coming up but your, yeah. your your nose isn't rubbed in it yeah like when death there's a lot of themes of the harvest and reaping because of yeah. the death stuff of death course comes onto the farm when and- he
0: shows up to do the job mm-hmm. she's like can you handle a scythe and if he had eyebrows he would was, waggle them yeah. like yeah, of course i can
1: and he handles the scythe and he does it incredibly quickly but he does each blade of grass individually yes and she asks him like is that really the most efficient technique and he thinks about it and he's like it is the only technique yeah
0: and it's oh it's so good yeah and uh, just everything
1: and the characters we meet in this town are so much more vivid than the characters we meet in Ankh-Morpork no
0: and those reminded me of Uh, the extended casts in Guards, Guards, Mm -hmm. and in Weird Sisters, where it feels like a fully realized world, Whereas back in the other part of the Mm -hmm. book, which takes up most of the book, Mm -hmm. I barely got a sketch of who most of those people are.
1: And it felt very much like in those old movies when we were watching the screwball comedies, where the idea was that every character had to be someone interesting. Right. It felt like that here, too. Everyone was interesting. The kid was interesting. We met Ned Simnel, who's like an engineer.
0: Yeah, he builds a combine harvester, which there's a great Mm -hmm. sort of John Henry sequence where death is trying to outreap the new mechanized thing which was pretty good
1: and uh then we've got and we've got miss flitworth and we've got like the the old time i farm guys yeah and and the child and the child and they're all so good and it's so fully realized and the whole thing is so sweet and sad and poignant this is what i love about terry pratchett
0: no and and it feels so weird that this is the same book mm-hmm. that goes on for a hundred pages about mm-hmm. wire basket shopping carts.
1: Mm-hmm. What? They 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 don't feel like the same book. No, they and don't. I honestly I would love to read this as a short story by itself.
0: Well, we talked about going into this mm-hmm. we said well this book's pretty good and then we know we're getting to some yeah. really good stuff and what i remembered were the miss flitworth parts mm-hmm. i forgot about the rest of it and i i had a good memory of this right. book. right you were saying i don't think i like this one i was mm-hmm. like well i'm pretty sure i do because this is all i remember yeah. and in a month because mm-hmm. my memory is horrible i'm probably only going to remember the great bits again
1: and you know what when i was writing down notes and stuff and i was thinking about this book i just kept coming back to these end sequences because mm-hmm. the end of the book was Heavily weighted with the Miss Flitworth stuff. Yeah. Uh, so as we were listening to it, I was like, "Oh, I love this book." And it's like, "No, idiot! You don't love this book. No. This book sucks." No. But there is this shining example of what Terry Pratchett is. Yes. Like there has been, uh, we've seen glimpses of this in other books. Like, um, uh, Equal Rights was pretty good. Weird yeah. Sisters was pretty good. But this is by far the most Terry Pratchett we've ever seen. It. This yeah. is so good.
0: Yeah. And. Thankfully, going forward, we're going to get so much more of this. There will be more of this Mm -hmm. than there isn't in pretty much... Uh, not every book, because no. there's a few here and there that aren't. But he realizes, oh wait, this is what I'm very good at. Going
1: forward, there's not too many more duds. There's uh, only a couple more duds. There's a few. Oh boy, this book also mentioned the amazing Maurice. So this book is just reminding me mm-hmm. we've got that to look forward to. It's a
0: commercial for a book that we're we're not crazy about. Uh, yeah.
1: Have you tried Loom? Have you played Loom? <laughs> I liked
0: Loom. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, like it's it's very disjointed mm-hmm. and you're right if you could carve out those bits and just read it as a short story i
1: kind of want to just take the book and cut those out yeah and just have a read of them mm-hmm. because i think i would enjoy that oh
0: absolutely and so as far as our grades go i'm doing this a little out of order mm-hmm. but uh how how would you how would you grade it
1: i gave it two grades you can't do that it's I'm, one book i can do exactly what i please all of the time <laughs> uh so i give man a d because it sucked and was boring, uh-huh. and I give Reaper a B, because it's very good, and I loved it.
0: Not a B and a half?
1: No, nope, not a B and a half, just a B.
0: No, see, I basically gave it the same, only I averaged those two together like you would do when you were grading a thing.
1: I don't have the constitution for math.
0: It's not math, it's just when you're averaging two things, you pick the thing in between them. That's so you, it.
1: you put them together in a bowl and stir them around?
0: Yeah, Is and that then what the you the centrifugal force gave me a C. That's what I gave the book. Yeah. Basically, because there's some some a minus stuff mm-hmm. in there, and there's some d plus stuff in there,
1: oh, and it's good, it's so good,
0: yep, but that's not enough of it, and it's really not enough
1: it's of it. it was just a small percentage of it, but it was so good, yep, the good parts
0: agreed, okay, so for our cliched count mm-hmm. uh no sussurations, no quantum uh five gingerlies. god
1: it comes up a lot
0: yeah he loves his gingerly uh two surreptitious which is not that big of a Mm -hmm. deal but then you got something that happens to other people which feels like it should only come up sort of once a book once a book
1: seems like a lot it's a
0: dad joke that like one okay that's the that's the joke Mm -hmm. you make every time we pass this thing dad you gotta make that joke. that's fine but twice twice in the same book Mm -hmm. too many times
1: too many times yes
0: uh is that everything I uh, think that's everything. I
1: think that's all the things. Well, um, I
0: know for a fact that the next four books yes, in a row yes, yes, yes. are books that we both love.
1: I love, which is abroad, so much. It's one of my favorite books, like end of sentence.
0: And Small Gods, I know you feel the same yes, way.
1: Yes, I love them books so and, much. And
0: Men in Arms basically takes everything I loved about Guards mm-hmm. Guards and makes it even better. With a lot more veterinary mm-hmm. and a lot like Vimes is more well rounded and mm-hmm. everything's like it's like Guards Guards two point yep. It's all that plus more
1: oh we're so excited the books is gonna be so good
0: and then lords and ladies mm-hmm. um also a very good witches yep. book uh adding some mythological stuff mm-hmm. that we hadn't really explored to that point so yes very very good things on the horizon
1: oh super excited and so also <laughs> because my leg is broken and i'm dying your leg is
0: not broken I'm... oh my god you pulled what is it you pulled a muscle i right? didn't
1: pull a muscle oh, my calf muscles torn to if shreds you tore a
0: muscle it's not torn to shreds it's torn
1: to shreds it's torn. I'm dying. You are
0: paralyzed from the knee down and the ankle up.
1: I'm dying. You are
0: not dying.
1: So we don't. We can't do anything except read books. Yeah,
0: which means those of you uh, giving to the Patreon, you will probably see. Like we're already putting these out real quick. Yeah. But the the uh, it may increase even more just because we're kind of not doing much else. Yep.
1: So. Uh, also, if you're not donated to Patreon, you should so I can buy medicine for my leg.
0: You don't. They, t- they told you to take Advil. You have Advil over the counter. I need it's need
1: special just, medicine. You
0: don't need medicine.
1: I need special medicine. Your
0: leg is going to be fine.
1: I'm dying and I need special medicine that only the Patreon money can buy me.
0: Well, this last little spiel I tell uh, will will tell you exactly how to do that. This has been a co-production of Ron Algarwatt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross Copyright 2019. For our full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com Algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening.